Hello, hello. Welcome along to the Dead Dad Society. My name is Mitch Carling. I am your host. Thanks for coming back, guys. Much appreciated. If this is your first time, thanks for coming along to the Dead Dad Society. No guest today. Today, we're riding solo. We're doing a solo episode today. I'm going to talk about some stuff. It's going to be sick. But before we get into it, I just want to thank everybody for the love on the last episode with John Knowles. That was a really great chat with John. I had a really great time. Uh, it was good to debrief about dads. It was cool to see, it was cool to learn a lot of history about Sydney comedy as well. John had a lot of great stories. We flicked through some books after we recorded. It was great. It was a really good, uh, really good time. So I'm glad we got to do that. Also, John and his family, beautiful family, by the way, beautiful, beautiful family. John and his family, they were on the living room on the weekend. So People might have seen that. They got a little makeover for their house. How cool is that? That's very cool. But the reason the reason that I'm doing the solo episode, guys, I had a few episodes lined up. I've had to reschedule a couple of them, but I had my wisdom teeth out. Has my wisdom I had my wisdom teeth out. It's pretty crazy. I'm in a lot of pain. My jaw is killing me. But I had to reschedule a couple of episodes with some really good guests. I'm actually so excited for these guests. I think they're going to be so good. And I feel like that's the classic like podcast thing to do, to be like, guys, like this stuff coming up, it's the best thing you've ever heard. But I think these are going to be really good episodes. And I'm really excited to do them. And I'm devastated that I've had to reschedule or cancel because of my wisdom teeth. I don't know if you guys can hear it, but I am talking a little bit funny. I... Uh, yeah, had them had them out last week. Uh, it was pretty it was pretty intense. I uh, had them out in the in the chair. I should have gone under. People were telling me to go under, but I'm cheap, so I tried to do it all in the chair. And oh boy, aren't we feeling it? It's pretty crazy. Like they're literally like just ripping stuff out of your face, and it feels like they're gonna break your jaw. Like she's literally ripping at my face. And every now and then being like, you're right. And it's like, I don't know if this is okay. Like, am I, am I well? Am I going to be all right? Like what's, what's going on? But yeah, my face, my face got huge. It blew up. I'm on a lot of drugs, uh, uh, for the pain, for the pain. Good to clarify on a lot of pain for the drugs. It's feeling good, but that's why I'm doing a solo episode today. I can't, I couldn't get together with people. And I want to uh, still put episodes out for you guys because you guys are sick. I'm, I'm really loving doing these shows. People seem to like them. So that's cool. And I love you guys. Oh man, I'm so emotional right now. Not really. It is an emotional time though at the moment, guys. Like Prince Philip died. That's pretty nuts. DMX died. Oh man. That one hit, like I was talking to a mate and he said, he was like, DMX dying hit me more than Prince Philip. And it's like, well, yeah, like we grew up in the 2000s, like the 2000s was peak time for DMX fans. Cradle to the Grave, the movie. He was in like all his songs, but he was in like, he was on the Limp Biscuit album. Man, DMX, so sad. Only 52, that's crazy. Only 52, as in like 50 as well. That was part of my point. He was only 50 years old. That is crazy. That's crazy. But uh, yeah, I went to a wedding over the weekend. 
and uh, they played a bit of DMX. Man, there was like there was like twelve white guys just dancing around to DMX, and I feel like that's what he would have wanted as a bit of a tribute to him. But uh, yeah, I oh mean, I went to a wedding over the weekend. That was pretty cool. That was pretty good. I uh, yeah, a good friend of mine got married up in the Blue Mountains. It was a lot of fun. Good to see people. Hadn't seen people for a while. It was actually cool because we caught up with like, got to catch up with school friends and we were like reminiscing about school times as you do when you're with your friends. Like you don't see them for a while. So that's the whole thing is that you don't see school friends for a while and you kind of go like, oh, I haven't, I haven't seen them for a bit. You're kind of drifting apart. You're getting older. And then you hang out one time and you're like, oh damn. Like that's why I used to really like actively want to hang out with these people because they're so much fun and it's so great. But we were uh, reminiscing about school times and like muck up day and stuff like that. Man, we're thinking about our muck up day. We had such a good time. Like we uh, we basically we went to the we went to the principal, and we were like, "Look, full disclosure, we want to have a muck up day, but we want to have a party the night before." And the principal was like, "What do you like? What do you mean a party?" And we were like, "So we want you to let us have a party in the school, like." you know, no, no teachers, nothing. And they ended up paying for security for us or, or we paid for a security guard. I can't remember, but they basically let us just have the school for the night. And we just played games. We played like hide and seek. We played like, I mean, there was a lot of drinks being had a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of good times, but man, it was so much fun. And I was just thinking about that and like all the pranks we were playing, like I actually put, uh, I put die in the teacher's milk and then I also put chili flakes in the principal's coffee and then months later because my mum's friend used to work at the at the school months later my mum's friends like messaged my mum being like there was chili flakes in the coffee can you find out from Mitch if he was involved it's like oh he was the most involved he he did the entire thing he is killing it uh, but yeah, man, that, that muck up night was so much fun. Like we literally got all of our cars. We parked them in the quad. We had a huge like stereo system set up. We got very drunk. We played like hide and seek. We were playing. So we had like a performance space. I don't know if you guys remember performance spaces, but we had a performance space and literally we went in there. There was like 50 of us and we just threw a bunch of soccer balls in there. And then we just turned all the lights off. And then we were just kicking these soccer balls at each other in the dark, like the most pitch dark ever, just kicking these soccer balls at each other and just copying uh, concussions. And I mean, that's not something that would happen these days. You, you know, sports are very big on concussions. Uh, you know, there's an HIA, there's, uh, you know, the 18th man comes in if anyone gets concussed, but not in this game, guys. This game was, it was all about concussions. The more concussions you had, the stronger you were, the better your team went, the more points you got. But man, what a game. What a game. One of uh, one of my friends, one of my friends actually stole like the sign from out the front of a sex shop. And like, this is like, was this 2006? One of my friends, he stole the sign from out the front of the sex shop and he put it out the front of the canteen at our school. So it looked like the canteen was a sex shop. It was pretty funny. But our, our school got a call from the sex shop being like, hey, one of your students 
came and took our sign. We have him on CCTV. He's in his school uniform. And then they went around to all of us being like, did you guys do this? And my mate was like, oh, yeah. Sorry about that. It's like, you went in your school uniform. Like, you may as well have just held up a sign with your registration number on it and being like, this is my rego, like, just to give it away who I am. Like, there's no, that's not a criminal mastermind. Like, that's not, that's not Ocean's Eleven. That's not Danny Ocean and Brad Pitt and all the boys, like, breaking into the Bellagio Hotel. That's like low level. I'm stealing a sign from out the front of a sex shop and he failed. He failed it big time. But they were pretty cool though, the sex shop. They were like, yeah, just keep it. Like keep it for your muck up day, but just return it. Like they understood that that was going to be a funny joke. Putting a sex shop sign out the front of a canteen. What? That's crazy. I feel like one of my friends... I feel like one of my friends' mum or dad, mum's or dad, was like a plastic surgeon of some sort. Because I just remember that there was like fake breast implants everywhere. Like the full-on silicon breast implants. Like people were just putting them everywhere. They obviously put them on the front of the canteen as well. Like that helped with the, the canteen as a sex shop joke. That really helped with that. I feel like someone was. I'm going to have to find out. Someone was definitely a a plastic surgeon and we got heaps of silicon breasts and it was a hoot. I miss pranks. Like pranks were, I don't know, as you get older, it's like, I think about like all the times of all the the silly stuff that I used to do when I was younger. And it's, you know, it, it is, it is fun. Whereas like now I'm like, I see a kid like slightly acting up and I'm like, oh, where's his mum and dad? And I get angry. But Back in the day, everything was just so much funner. Like we used to do, we, we used to do this prank where, uh, so we had like a rival school. I won't say the schools um, just because I don't want to, but we had like a rival school. And what we would do is we would go to that school and then take the chickens out of their ag plot, like out of their agriculture plot. And then take them, take the chickens to our ag plot at our school and put them in our ag plot. So we just had like more chickens than them. Like, so when it came time for like, I don't know if there was like a chicken show or something, I don't really know. I didn't do agriculture. I don't know if there's a chicken show. Oh, there probably is like the Easter show or something. But if there's some sort of, if there's some sort of, uh, a medal ceremony where the school gets recognition for how good their chickens are. We wanted our school to be better because we had all the chickens and our rival school had no chickens. Like, well, that's a great prank. That's just such a good prank. It is uh, helpful. It made our school, uh, our school's reputation for agriculture and chickens much better. Uh, it actually put the reputation of our rival school, uh, their reputation and uh, and such around agriculture, chickens, all that sort of stuff, it made them much lower. It made us much more respectable. Um, in hindsight, probably not great for the chickens. Uh, that is something, that's one of those things you look back on and you're like, oh man, like I actually feel really bad about capturing those chickens and then taking them in a Mitsubishi Magna from one school to another like that probably would have caused them a lot of stress and if those chickens are listening uh guys i apologize 
that's on uh, that's on me. That's on the year twelve boys. We're really sorry about that, and uh, we hope you guys led a good life. Uh, I don't know what life was like at the at our school compared to the other school. Like if you guys were if you guys were having a good life at the other school and then you came to ours and it was worse. I apologize. That's I'm really sorry for that. I don't know what the quality of uh, of food and such was like at your other school. But at our school, like we were trying really hard uh, to be a great agriculture school, okay? And actually one time we couldn't even get one of the chickens into the agriculture plot because someone was there. So we just put it in like the bike rack area. Like there was a big caged off bike rack area. So we just put it in there. And then the next day we all came to school like normal. And then there was a meeting and they were like, guys, there's a chicken. <laughs> there's a chicken in the bike rack. Um, who did that? Um, no one's been able to store their bikes all morning because we don't want to open the bike rack area. And then this chicken escape. We've got a rogue chicken. We don't know whose chicken it is. You guys should probably just someone should fess up about the chicken. And it's like. I don't know if chickens have like microchips or whatever, like so that they knew that it was from the other school. I didn't, I didn't actually see that chicken again, in fairness. Um, I wonder what happened to him or her. I don't know. Was it a, was it a rooster or a hen? I think it was a hen. I think it was a hen. But yeah, we never saw that, uh, that poor chicken again. And I assume, I assume it went back to that school. I don't know. I think it did. Man, how good were pranks? I've spoken before about like when we were much younger and I got like kind of peer pressured into prank calling triple zero. And then like I didn't prank call triple zero being like, no, my husband's been hit by a car. Like it was a very, um, very elaborate prank where I pretended to be an older lady. And it actually like worked. Like an ambulance came and I felt really bad about it. I still feel really bad about that. So that's the second apology of, of the podcast series is the first apology was to those ambulance drivers and to the triple O worker where I'm just so sorry that we, that a, that a harmless prank turned out to not be harmless. And actually, you know, what if there was a serious injury? Uh, keep in mind, I'm 10 at this point, but what if there's a serious injury and now there's no ambulance for it? Man, that sort of stuff will play on your mind. And now, similar to that, it's going to play on my mind as to whether or not the chickens had a better life at their old school before we brought them to our school. And now I feel horrible about the chickens. But yeah, man, I had so much fun at that wedding. It was just good to see people and, uh, you know, have some have some drinks and have some good food and just really enjoy yourself, you know. it's It's good to... It's good to blow off some steam. It's good to catch up with people. It is, uh, and you know, it was, it was weird to go to a formalish event again. Like, I haven't been to really, mind you, I, I did, uh, I did a corporate gig for the Mariners, for the Central Coast Mariners, and that was very proper and, uh, like, it, it was, it kind of felt like we were going back to normal, like the pre COVID life of like functions and, we can all sit around a table and dance and have a good time, but um, yeah, it was it was it was good to go back to that for the wedding, but it felt strange. Like 
I don't know, there was, like, we were, there was just people hugging and shaking hands and congratulating and, and, uh, you know, there was, there was cake and everybody shared stuff of cake and everybody had drinks and we were all drinking. I don't know. It was just weird to go back to normal. Like that was just, it's one of those things where you're like, that was such a small part of life beforehand. Like just a normalcy of like going to an event and then that got taken away. It's kind of like, there's like a TikTok craze going around where it's like, oh, tell us, tell us things that we did before COVID that you can't believe we did. Like that's not, that's not crazy. Like that's just going to an event. But the things like, blowing out candles on a cake like the idea of people just literally basically spitting on food and then everybody like everybody's like they're just spitting their germs all over this food and then everybody's like yeah cut me up a slice pass it around like i'll make sure you give me a bigger slice don't you don't short me don't give me a little slice like that's crazy that people that people were like uh, that that was a thing we did before covid before COVID, the the new BC. Surely that joke's been made before. And I hate that I said it. But yeah, it was good to go to the wedding. I tell you, there's a weird thing actually at the wedding. Um, like uh, this lady was there and like she knows my family, um, knows my mom and knew my dad pretty well. And like I've kind of grown up with her around. And she came up to me and she was saying, you know, how's your mom? How's everything going? And she goes, and... How's, you know, how's everything going? Like, you know, your dad, like, do you, do you miss him? And it's like, yep, yep, absolutely, definitely. And then she said, um, she goes, oh, I bet you'd give anything just for one day with him. And it's like, lady, what are you doing? Like, do you know where we, like, we're at a wedding. I've obviously, you know, I've had a few drinks, I'm at a, I'm at a wedding that is an emotional time. Like, you know, you're happy for all your friends and you're getting to see people again and all that sort of stuff. And then this lady comes up and says, Hey, remember your dead dad? I bet you wish you could see him. And it's like, are you a psychopath? Like, what are you doing to me? What are you, why are you trying to hurt me? But, uh, I was like, yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I, yeah, definitely. I, I guess I would. And then I just said something like cliche, like, "Ah, oh, but that's the, the hand we've been dealt." And she was like, "What?" And I was like, "Ah, that's just the, you know, that's just the cards we've been dealt. So, better to accept it and move on." And she was like, "Oh yeah, that's true." And how long has it been? It's like it's been four years. Coming up on four. It's three and a half now. Coming up on four years since he died. And it's like. Why are you bringing that up? Like, some people just have like no tact. Is tact? I guess that's, it's just like, why? Like, there's, are you actually, you get nothing from it. I certainly get nothing from it. And that's the thing, like on this, on this podcast is is something that I kind of try and preach is that we should be open and talk about things, right? And that we should be able to talk about loss. And that's the whole point of why we're doing it. And I've spoken to a bunch of people over these episodes where, to be honest, sometimes I thought that the questions I asked were, that could have, that could have been too 
probing that I worried that I could hurt someone. And no one, luckily no one has been hurt, of course, like we're, we're just talking. But that kind of question where it's like, I bet you'd give anything just for one day with him. It's like, well, yeah, like, I don't know. That's just a pointless, pointless targeted question to make me think about how my dad is dead and pointless to the fact of that you just seem to have asked that for, I don't know, to get your own kicks? Nah, I don't know. And do you know what, in hindsight, or in reflection, does she even know that she asked that? Does she even remember that? Was she just making conversation and I've spent the last day and a bit thinking about it? Yeah, probably. But, yes, lady. I would give just about anything to have a day with my dad again. Who Any any of the people that have been on the podcast, any of the people that are part of the society, any of the people that have lost mums, dads, brothers, sisters, uncles, aunties, dogs, would you give anything to see them again or spend a day with them again? Yeah, yeah, you would. Like, what a silly thing to say. You absolute psychopath. But actually, you know what? At the wedding, to change the topic very quickly, at the wedding, had a bit of a blowout. First time that I've really drunk or just been careless, properly, proper careless with food for a while. And... Feels good. See, I haven't really been doing the weight loss check-ins uh, since I started interviewing people. Like, because I wanted the focus to be on the people. I haven't really done these solo episodes since probably episode six, I think. And the weight loss stuff is going pretty good still. As you guys know, I did break my ankle. So I broke my ankle. I did put a fair bit of weight. Not fair bit, but I did put a bit of weight back on uh, in the ankle break times. Uh, you know, I got the moon boot on. I'm literally sitting at a desk all day, whereas my job used to be very physical. And I put a bit of weight back on. And I, when I got the moon boot off, I had a little, uh, I had a little muck around with my daughter. I was, I was joking with her, and I said that whatever number she could count to before her birthday is how many kilos I would lose. And she counted to ten. She actually counted to thirteen. Uh, but she's actually like we've kind of I don't know how we've done this, but we've kind of instilled in her that 13 is an unlucky, like we've just, we've made kind of jokes about 13 being an unlucky number. And now, like she actually won't count to 13. So I'm a little bit worried of the damage I've done there. And it's like that Tom Segura bit where he talks about uh, people, uh, how there's no uh, number 13 in a hotel and how people are genuinely scared of it. And now I have done that to my daughter. And uh, so, yeah, I'm probably going to have to pay for some therapy. Um, she'll never watch the movie 13 or 13 Ghosts or 13 Going on 30. If you're in America, I think it's called Suddenly 30 here. But she'll never watch anything with the word 13 in it. And that is that is just so sad. So many great movies. But I've been losing, I've been losing weight again. Uh, so since I made that little joke with her. I'm down 12 and a half kilos. So I'm almost at 
what was that a clap thank you guys no but i'm almost at the 13 kilos that we joked about but it's been tough like it has been so tough like post post breaking my ankle is like i don't know i'm just so scared like it was just such a literally all i did like i was i was at work i took a step off a ledge like i was distracted took a step off a ledge broke my ankle and then it's just like life changes you like it was just before christmas i had no independence i couldn't drive myself anywhere i couldn't do my normal job because it was a work cover thing i wasn't allowed to do gigs it was it was killer and it took a, a mad toll on my probably my mental health i guess hence why i had put weight on i just didn't care but the post the post of that is that like now the the break the moon boots off back to normal, trying to work at it, strengthen it, doing physio, going to the gym, all that sort of stuff. But there's always this worry. There's such a, like, just a, almost like a PTSD uh, of breaking my ankle again or damaging myself because it can change in such a blink of an eye. Like, the the idea of being at work for one, yeah, being at work one minute and then the next, I'm literally, you know, in the back of a golf cart being taken to hospital or whatever for this broken ankle. Like things just change. And it's scary. Like I really wasn't able to properly help out with my daughter. And she's at an age now where she's, you know, she's really sort of growing up. She's showing a lot of character, a lot of emotion. She's scared of the number 13, as I said. And I want to be around her all the time. I want to spend time with her. I want to go for walks and that's something we have been doing though, is that we, we actually go looking for doggies. It's a, a bit of a Instagram or a TikTok series that I've been doing. Yeah, I'm on TikTok. I'm 33, but I'm on TikTok and I've been taking my daughter for walks where we go looking for doggies and boy, do we spot doggies and she is very popular. And if you haven't, if you haven't seen it yet, please uh, get on it. It's poor. It's going to blow up. I reckon um, it's going to get at least a hundred likes one of these days, but very popular, very, very fun to get out and about with her. And that was something that I couldn't do when I was, when I was broken and like not having the independence of like not being able to drive is like literally every day being like, excuse me, wife, could you please take me here? And if it didn't work for her, like if she was busy or she had plans or she couldn't do it, it's like, all right, I'll just stay at home. And that's nothing on her. I'm not having to go, but you're just like, all right, well, but it all comes back to the fact that I did it to myself. I was distracted, I wasn't paying attention, and I broke my ankle. Something so simple, so simple. But uh, the work cover stuff's all finished now, so I can gig again, which is really cool. Like, my life is really busy at the moment. Like, I'm, you know, I had the wisdom teeth out, obviously, and weddings and such, but... Like I'm back at uni, I'm doing uni now. I'm, I'm easily the oldest person there. Uh, you know, still got TikTok though. So probably pretty cool. I've been wearing different shirts to try and like uh, blend in with them, like to make friends. Uh, the first day I wore a Cruella DeVille shirt, like from 101 Dalmatians. Uh, that didn't get a comment from memory. Next day, wore a Mouse Rat shirt from Parks and Recreation. Two comments, including one from my lecturer. So 
That's pretty good. Actually, my lecturer had an Auntie Donna shirt on, so I returned the compliment. So we had like a bit of a, a tennis game of t-shirt compliments. It was a bit of back and forth, a bit of Roger Federer, Rafael Nadal of t-shirt compliments. And that was nice, but no t-shirt compliments recently. Someone complimented my t-shirt in JB Hi-Fi the other day, and it was literally just a normal t-shirt. So I'm not sure... Like, I'm not sure what his game was because it wasn't a particularly entertaining shirt. It wasn't a particularly eye-catching shirt. He literally just came up and was like, hey, bro, cool shirt. And then, like, that was it. Like, didn't really ask me if I needed anything. But I had a feeling that he, like, he, he complimented my shirt in the idea that I would have a story about the shirt or that I would want to talk about the shirt. Therefore... We create a connection and then he can help me buy stuff. Or if I come back another time, I'm like, oh, there's that cool shirt guy that complimented my shirt that one time. I'll go to him for advice. But uh, no, that's actually just, again, just something that weeks later, here I am still thinking about it. But yeah, work cover stuff's finished. Like I said, back to gigs. Gigs are going good. I'll be really enjoying them. I did the Mariners gig a couple of weeks ago. That was really fun. I had some funny gigs recently though. Like I had a gig the other night and I won't say where, but like while I was on stage, I was emceeing, I was hosting the show. So while I was on stage, one of the acts, like another one of the acts was sitting side of stage and that's fine. Like that's where we all wait, right? We're all just waiting side of stage. And, you know, sometimes you look and you see comedians at the side of the stage and they're looking through their phone and they're looking at notes and that's totally fine. Literally not a thing. Like, same with, like, I'll look out in the audience sometimes and you see comedians at the back of the room and they're on their phone and they're looking at notes or something like that. And you're like, that's fine. Like, I'm constantly trying new jokes. I want to know how they're working or how they, how they work, how they're written. You check it just before you go on stage totally fine but this guy he was standing side of stage and he was reading his like he was looking at his phone but he was also saying it so he was talking out his material so like I'm on stage and I'm trying to talk to people in the audience I'm trying to tell jokes and then all I can hear from the side of stage is like you know when you can you do and this happens and blah 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 and then it was like this just in the back of my head like some sort of like self like a, an inner monologue I had this inner monologue of this guy and I was just like I didn't call him out I didn't say anything to him I just left it like I thought oh maybe he's just working on a bit like he'll stop talking in a second but I did 10 12 minutes something like that to open up this show and he was talking the entire time. And then when he went up, he bombed. He bombed his jokes. And it made me angry because he'd spent all that time practicing. And it still didn't go. And man, please. Like, I've heard silence before. We've heard, all heard silence before. We've all tried stuff and it hasn't worked. That's fine. But like, 
it literally threw off the MC. I could not focus. All I could hear was this guy. And I didn't want to call him out in front of the audience. I didn't want to be a dick. I didn't want to break the rhythm of the show to be like, hey, comedian who's about to come up, shut up. Like, I can hear you talking. Because then that would affect his set with the audience. Like, they'll be like, oh, that's the guy that was talking. And remember when the MC told him to shut up? And there's, of course, there's easy ways to go about it. Like, just be like, oh, man, I can hear you. Kid, you be quiet. But I didn't do any of that. Because I didn't want it to affect his set. But instead, I let it affect my set. And then he didn't go well anyway. And then it got to the point where when I was on stage later and the crowd was like into it, like, you know, they were responsive. I was thinking like, man, how much better would it be if I was able to do the jokes that I'd already done earlier at this point of the show, but before I was kind of phoning it in because all I could, I was just trying to get through the jokes because all I could hear was this guy talking and I didn't want to be a dick and call him out. But I really should have just called him out. I just, uh, <laughs> that was a really funny gig actually. There's a, I have a joke about one of my friends when we were growing up. Uh, he told me that one time when he was driving to sailing that he masturbated. And I sort of go into that and I'm like, what do you mean? Like, he's like, oh, don't, you know, don't make a big thing out of it. You know, just one time I masturbated while I was driving. And I uh, tell that joke and it, and it goes quite well. People seem to like it. It's been part of a, you know, set for a while, part of a festival show as well. And on this night, I literally started talking about it. And this girl who's probably around my age just goes, oh, no, don't talk about that. And I was like, why? And she's like, that's disgusting. Like, I don't want to hear that. And I was like, I'm not going into like vivid detail. I'm just, I'm actually ripping on my friend. And part of the ripping on my friend is an anecdote about how he masturbated once while he was driving. She's like, that's disgusting. Shouldn't be talking about that sort of stuff. It's like, lady... Why are you coming to a show? <laughs> coming. Why are you coming to a show? Like, why are you coming to a show? Like, it's it's a free show, yes. But why are you coming to a comedy show to sit there and analyze? And I, to sit there and analyze sounds silly. To sit there and analyze in the sense of like you're figuring out, you know, you're looking at these jokes. And you're going, that's funny. This is great. Blah blah blah. But why would you pick apart a detail from a joke? And then be like, that's disgusting and yelling at me. I don't get it. It's like years ago, I used to do this really hacky bit about uh, that if Transformers was filmed in Australia. Uh, not filmed. If Transformers was Australian, like if they were Australian. And it's like, you know, this whole act out. And, and essentially one of the punchlines was that Tony Abbott's, the Tony Abbott it has a catchphrase, stop the bots, instead of stop the boats. It's an obvious play on words, stop the bots, bots being Transformers robots, stop the boats, used to get a good reaction, whatever. But I remember once I did it at the comedy store 
and a lady came up to me afterwards and she was like, I need to talk to you. Like, starts off like, I need to talk to you. And I'm like, yeah, what's like, what's up? Like, and she goes, it's a really funny set, but do you know how belittling your stop the boats comment was? And I was like, the stop the bots comment? And she's like, yeah, you by you comparing the stop the boats to Transformers downplays all the good work that people have been doing against the Stop the Boats campaign. And I was like, no, like, it is actually further doing that. It is just showing how ludicrous the Stop the Boats campaign is or was by being like, we should stop the bots, this alien race of robots, like making that the comparison. And she's like, no, 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 no. Like, as someone who has been affected by that, it is actually down, like, it really does downplay it. And I'm like, look, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to offend you. This was my intention behind writing the joke. And I hope you can understand that. And then she was like, well, each to their own, agree to disagree, that sort of stuff. But that sort of stuff really baffles me. Because it's like, if the person behind the joke is telling you their intention. Whether or not it's worded correctly, give them the opportunity to explain it. And that's what that... I don't know. that like, The lady from the other night that got offended that my friend wanked in his car. Like, it's he wasn't wanking in your car. He didn't wank... I don't know. He wasn't wanking outside the show. I wasn't telling everyone to watch this video of my mate wanking. I just said that my mate did it once while he drove. That's all. Just stop yelling at me. Man. I like doing these solo podcasts. They're fun. I get to talk a lot. My voice hurts and my jaw hurts from the wisdom teeth thing. Is 40 minutes enough? I think it's enough. But uh, yeah, I hope you guys uh, liked the solo episode. Um, again, it was just a bit of ranting, but I uh, I really enjoy doing these episodes and hopefully I can get back to doing some guests soon. Maybe I'll do some more solo episodes depending on my life and if people yell at me anymore. Uh, but uh, if you like me, uh, remember, I'm on TikTok, guys. So uh, just follow me everywhere. Mitch Garling, follow at Dead Dad Society. Give us some love. And uh, yeah, this is uh, Dead Dad Society, therapy group in the form of a podcast. Thanks for listening. I need a catchphrase. Bye, guys.